Welcome to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Basics Podcast. We're just two childless millennials who love Disney, Harry Potter, traveling, and all things basic. My name is Sarah Beth Miller. And I'm Caitlin May. And together, we're just two childhood best friends who catch up weekly about theme park news and different topics that we face in our late 20s. Hey, everyone. What is up? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Katie. And I'm Sarah Beth. How you doing, guys? Oh, hey. How you doing? How you doing, girl? This is our first episode of the book club, and I'm really stinking excited about it. I've already told people. I'm like, hey, by the way. Oh, um, same. I I was like, hey, I just... (laughs) So then this sent this text to a friend of mine and I was like, hey, random, but just to let you know, I have a podcast and I was like, you know, like everybody else. And we're actually doing a Harry Potter um, book club if you want to like listen. Because she started rereading the series and I was oh, like, it's right up your alley. I literally, yeah, I've literally texted so many people. I like texted my sister because she has my first three books. So luckily I had a digital copy of um, The Sorcerer's Stone. But I was like, hey, I know you've been wanting to read them. Now's your chance because we can read them all together. She was like, that's so like, awesome. Also, like, I need those. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, can I get those back, girl? All right. So let's get on into the booms and busts and obsessions so we can talk about some Harry Potter. Talk lots about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Let's go ahead and get into the booms and busts for the week. <laughs> So, Sarah Beth, what, what's been going on this week? Not really much. I mean, I'm a little busy just with, like, school and the subscription box and obviously, you know, podcasts at the same time. It's mm-hmm. a little bit. But I did find some really cute stuff when I was in Florida, which, oh, by the way, I'm not in Florida anymore, guys. I'm back in New York R. having R. to self-isolate for two, for two weeks. R. But, yeah, so there's a new spirit jersey that came out. It's, like, on the tie-dye trend so it's like white and it's got like neon tie-dye so i bought that don't know why oh girl don't know why but like you sent me the picture and i immediately went on shop disney app and was like should i buy myself one (laughs) the only thing is i'm really upset with myself that i didn't buy the fanny pack to match it's like a bright highlighter green with like blue writing on it and it's like retro and I kind of kicking myself in the butt because I didn't buy it. That's so cute. But I did get another fanny pack at a different place. It looks like a mini. It's like Minnie's bow. It literally looks like you bought it at like a dollar store. <laughs> like, where'd you get it from? It's like character outlet thing. It's like <laughs> this is a random store that we like passed by when we were like trying to. I don't even remember. We were on our way to get it food. And, like, we wanted to stop at, like, the Publix Liquors. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, right there in that shopping center. And I was like, huh. I was like, they look like they probably have some cute, like, Disney stuff. Let's go look. So we went in and kind of just, like, looked around. And I saw it. And I was like, oh, this is so tacky. But it's so cute at the same time. So it's, like, Minnie's bow. And it just sits on your hip. Yeah. And I guess really, like, my bust for the week is I'm in, like, a creative slump. I, like, struggled with this you know, scripting this episode. I'm, Which you never really do. Yeah, like I never really struggle. I mean, granted, I usually script like the day we record, so let's be real. Look, but, we like, work I've our never, best under pressure, okay? <laughs> but like I've never struggled this much with an episode and I don't know why. Yeah. Um. Also, I'm apologizing in advance or actually not in advance, but I know the social media has been lacking and that's my fault. I don't know. I just haven't been in like the creative... The creative juices haven't been flowing, I guess. I get that, girl. So what's been I your boom it. and bust since um, I was lame? <laughs> I haven't really had that, like, any boom or anything like that. It's been a pretty standard week. I uh, have just been trying to get a lot of stuff done. I've gotten back into Animal Crossing, though, so that's been kind of fun. I've been catching a lot of sharks, and it's really, really? been... Oh, I caught a hammerhead the other day. I need to play. You do. You do. The sharks, they're thriving. Go at like noon and 6 p.m. And that's like peak shark time. Mm. 
So, I mean, I've been doing that. I feel like it's been a pretty standard week. My bust, however, I'll show you, <laughs> is, okay, so I self-tan because I'm very pasty. If you don't know what I look like, I'm real pasty, okay? And I don't tan. I'm, like, very pink undertone. Like, I feel like you're very, like, pretty olive undertone. So when the sun hits you, you, like, glow, you know? I don't. I just look like a tomato. So yeah. I got to self-tan. It's just, it's it's a thing of life, okay? I've accepted my fate. It happens. I self-tan, too, so. I've accepted my fate. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. So I have a light medium shade that I really love. But I try to only use it in the winter, and I don't really have, like, a dark one for the summer. So. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Um. So the other day, so what I tried to order, that package that never passed customs at Memphis, was uh -huh. self-tanner. It was an Australian oh. company. But I bought it through, like, Boohoo or, like, Revolve or somebody like that. So it was coming from the UK, but it was from Australia originally, and it just never reached me. So mm -hmm. I was so aggravated that the self-tanner didn't come because one of my favorite YouTubers was like, this is what I use. And she's, like, gorgeous and bronze. And I'm like, I want to be like her. So I'm strolling through Target the other day. And I see a bottle of self-tanner. And I'm like, huh, I've never heard of this company before, but it's a cheap bottle and the packaging is cute. So I pick it up. Can I tell you that this is the worst self-tanner I've ever tried? As you can see, well, only you, Sarah Beth, not everyone out there, but you got to take me and Sarah Beth's word for it. My hands are crazy tan. But when but the rest I of your pull body up is my not sleeve, <laughs> my arm is, and then when I lift my leg, it's the same color that it's always been. And I, I literally put the same layer of self tanner on everywhere. I like did it. <laughs> I I applied an even layer of tanner everywhere. Like did all the right things. Exfoliated 24 hours beforehand. Put lotion on like my elbows and knees and ankles and all that mm -hmm. jazz. And it was like it said express tan. So I did it during the day and set a timer for 4 hours. Uh -huh. And by, like, hour two and a half, I looked down at my legs and I was like, I don't look any different. Like, Right. So I let it go on. My hands got dark, but that's it. Um, so that was kind of my buzz I need, for the week. I need, I need to know, what brand is this? It's called, like, Tanology or Tanologist or something like that. It's a cute packaging at Target. Don't fall for it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be pasty. No, but that gonna, was my buzz for the find, week. <laughs> we're going to find you a self-tan you can use. Don't worry. Thank you. I just wanted a summer color and a winter color. I don't think that's too much to ask for. So what are we, like, obsessing over this week? Okay, so it's more of, like, what I've been obsessed with for the last, like, three months. So, mm -hmm. John is obsessed with wings. Like, we eat wings all the time. And we've recently found a local wing place here that we've been... Because, you know, this whole pandemic happened. And we were like, we really want to support local business. So, we need to find local places, you know? So, he was like, I really, right. really love wings. So, we found a local place to get wings from. And it's become, like, our favorite thing ever. They have a raspberry jalapeno sauce and it is so good like that I was filling right out this podcast alley. yes it's so good I was filling out this podcast episode yesterday and I was like John my obsession for the week is raspberry jalapeno wings and he was like yo can we get some and we legit got some last night for dinner <laughs> because I made us drool about talking about these wings oh my gosh 
What have you been obsessed with, girl? So last night, I tried out the new Billy Razor. And? I love everything about it. I literally told you it would change your life. It has changed my life. I love the shave cream. Like, I love that it's not like a thick cream. I'm not too crazy about the smell, but like, I can get over it. Like, if they had other, like, scents, I would choose another scent. Yeah, but I love the way it feels. I love the razor blades. Like, it's, oh my gosh. I was like, I got out of the shower, and like, I put my, like, uh, in shower. So, I use the Jergens like, after shower stuff. Me the too. Tan- well, I use the tanning one. Yeah, me too. So, just to kind of, like, maintain a little bit, a little bit of a color. Same. Um. I literally sat afterwards and, like, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, feel my leg. I was like, feel how smooth. I know. And, like, no razor burn. No razor burn. This is the first time, time in my life I haven't gotten razor burn, like, the, like, next hour that I shaved. It's a good razor. Y'all need to try it. 110% recommend. And maybe one day we'll have a code for you guys. Maybe. Look, that would be my dream, y'all. Yeah. So... There's that. And then while we were in Florida, the coffee company that we so graciously talked about. about. (laughs) Yes. Um, So they have like these hydrates, which are like water additives that are like electrolytes. It's kind of sort of like a Mio type thing. They came out with a new flavor called Candy Watermelon. It's bomb. I'm so glad that you said this because I was on their website the other day and I was like, I kind of want to try one of these hydrates. Because I'm so the type the flavors, of person that, like, hates drinking water. So they're really good for that. But, like, they do – so the only, the only like, con that I have about it is that you can tell that there's something added to your water. Mm. So it's, like – it's a powder. So it's, like, you can tell that, like, a powder was mixed in. Like, almost like a pre-workout consistency. Oh, I got Does you. that make sense? Yeah. I drink um, a lot of Crystal Light, though, so – Yeah, if you drink, like, Crystal I, Light I probably and would things be like fine, that. yeah. Yeah, so the flavors I would recommend, I'm not a huge pink lemonade person, but the pink lemonade is good if you like pink lemonade. The strawberry daiquiri is phenomenal, and the candied watermelon is really good. Have you tried the ones that go in the coffee, the hydrates that go in the coffee? Let me tell you, speaking (laughs) of my coffee that tastes like butterbeer, it's the butter toffee mixed with Italian sweet cream. Okay, Um, see, because I was looking at those too, I was like... That actually might be really good, too, because my morning coffee is not going to be as dehydrating to me with that. Oh, yeah. I drink – I drink – pretty much I drink hydrate every morning, and then I try to drink, like, a hydrate before I work out or after I work out. But speaking of, I'll give you a little recipe real quick. I'm into it. Mix your favorite coffee. Just make, like, an iced coffee. I prefer it iced, but that's just me. Get some Italian sweet cream coffee creamer. Put one scoop of the butter toffee hydrate, get like a little milk frother and like froth it up to make like a cold foam. You pour it over and it literally tastes like the foam from butterbeer. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? We could literally be sipping that together I, while I doing just per- this I Harry just, Potter. I just perfected it. I'm sorry. Let me put sweet cream on my grocery list. The Italian sweet cream. If you can find the Chobani flavor, it's better. Okay. Let's get into the news of the week. We've got some really, I feel like we say that all the freaking time. I'm not going to say it again, but I just get so amped when we talk (laughs) about Disney. Like, it's exciting to me. (laughs) So we have some Disney news, and then we have some Animal Crossing news that I came across. Yes. I came across this week in our last week at some point. Anyways, um, so Tokyo Disney officially opened today mm-hmm. yesterday art they're 12 hours ahead or behind us something like that yeah i think they're ahead of us 12 hours so they are ahead they of open, us technically they open today but they're closed currently and another thing that was like amazed that i was more excited about than the actual park opening was the tokyo disney app like the my disney experience is finally available in the u.s 
It was not before. So like if you wanted to use the app to get like fast passes, you had to have an iTunes account linked to a Japan address. That sucks. And then you could download it that way. So basically if you were visiting Tokyo Disney, you couldn't do fast passes unless yeah, you like paid for them or anything like that. So now that the app is available in the US, basically you download the app and then that way you can do your fast passes when you go into the park. So that was pretty exciting news. Yeah. Um, you texted me today and told me how beautiful it was. And I immediately downloaded it. It is the prettiest Disney app. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I have a feeling that when Disney Genie releases and they revamp my Disney experience, it's going to look a lot lot similar to that. It's going to have an interface very closely to that. It's it's be it's a beautiful app. Speaking of traveling, and I know this wasn't in our news of the week, um, there was talks. Well, and now it's official. The EU has basically banned all flights. It, like basically, basically, you cannot visit any other country right now if you live in the United States. Nobody wants us. Yeah, because our, because our cases keep going up with the coronavirus, um, basically Europe has come out and stated that they are doing a travel ban against U.S. citizens and basically was telling their like dual citizenship people, you need to make a decision and you need to stick with it. Mm. <laughs> so it's very sad if because... you're a dual citizenship person and you're listening to this, choose the EU. <laughs> yeah. Make that Run. decision. It's an easy decision. One thing that we didn't discuss last week because it hadn't happened yet, but California is not opening. They are. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. I that's forgot pretty, about that. That's a pretty big piece of news. <laughs> that's that's huge. It's a huge piece of news. Thanks, Katie, coming you're, in clutch with uh, welcome, remembering girl. that. I so here's the thing. I save news articles. I either send them to myself or anything, and sometimes they just don't Look, make it past the. Sometimes they slip through the cracks. It's fine. So basically yeah, so the city didn't approve it and they can't open. They weren't they weren't accepting yeah. theme park proposals at the time but they should be proposing I think like the 5th and the 6th but Disney has said that's not enough time if they want to open by July 16th or 15th right. whatever the day was. Right. Um so they were just like we're going to halt probably push it back. Um but California and Florida's numbers are skyrocketing. S- skyrocketing and I to be honest, Walt Disney World should delay their opening as well. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Downtown Disney is opening, though. They're going to keep yes. their original opening date, but not the parks. Yeah, and I mean, like, so we went to Disney Springs while we were there. We wore masks and everything. I will tell you this. It wasn't. So we went on like a Friday during the day, like right when they opened. It was busy. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It was busy, but it was not as busy as I thought it would have been. Also, cast members are really great about, hey, where's your mask? You need to have a mask on, all of that. And then just like directing the crowds, they do a great job. Like I will commend them for that. But at the same time, like they really honestly can't control people. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some people that I saw that weren't wearing masks correctly and Things like that. I didn't stick around to see if a cast member would tell them something about it, but right. all the YouTubers have pretty much said that people are telling, you know, cast mm-hmm. members are telling people, hey, you need to put your mask on. Pull up your, your mask. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, well, Disney World is doing Passover previews this week, even though even a lot of people are be opening. They shouldn't be opening. I honestly think that here's the thing not to say that I wish ill upon any pass holder. But I think with these Passover previews, they're going to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if the numbers continue to rise and they see how many people are actually want to go back to Disney World, they may rethink it a little bit. Yeah, but. I agree with you on that. One more piece of Disney news. I mentioned uh, several episodes ago that my sister was uh, in the DCP this year and she has yet to hear anything. And her DCP is supposed to start at the beginning of next month. So, like, she should have a month. And she's just made the executive executive decision to not do her DCP, which really sucks. 
I mean, I can't blame her. This is it's cutting it close. Like it's like to have yeah. to have radio silence. I get the DCP is not your top priority, but it's very stressful to have radio silence for something like this, especially for a student who has already graduated. Because mm-hmm. her thing is like, okay, I'm dangling on this fish hook. And it's not like, oh, I'll just go back next semester. Like, she's graduated already. She was just going to do the right. DCP. So, yeah, she's decided not to. Which I think it's for the best. Because I was like, Brooke, are you really going to want, you know, if the parks do open up, are you really going to want to put yourself at that risk? Are you really going to want to be in the Florida heat doing quick service in a mask? And, you know, like, there are so many things that, like, yes, you're at Disney, but you can't take advantages of going to the parks anytime that you want. You can't take, you know, like all the things that you would do the DCP for. I feel like you can't do that right now because of all the right. precautions going on. So, yeah, it was kind of sad. I was looking forward to lots that is, of. That is sad. And lots I, of DCP free tickets right. <laughs> that I could reach off of. And I do agree. Like, it's going to be rough. Like, I had an I had a K in ninety five mask on that we ordered walking around in the Florida heat. It's it's tough. Yeah. Now, is that recommended for the parks? Absolutely not. Yeah. Would there be any way that I would wear that mask in the park? Absolutely not. But you know what I'm saying? Like they're coming into contact with a bunch of people. Like they're probably should be wearing those types of masks. But with the Florida heat, it's not possible. Right. Animal Crossing. Yes. Which I feel like we should stream Animal Crossing one day. Wait, we should. We should just get on and stream. I don't know how to do that. I don't either, but we can make it happen. (laughs) We'll just have like a whole weekend where like we're all caught up on everything and me and Katie are just going to stream and we're just going to go back and forth to each other's islands. And then if you have Animal Crossing, we'll go to your island. We'll come to you. Wow. I got to get working on my island. Okay. Oh, me too. I need some time. (laughs) My island looks terrible. So this will be like in another like two or three months, guys. Not anytime soon. I need some time. So the summer updates are here. They're finally here. Yes. I was really excited. I love when the new updates come out. So swimming and diving are now are going to be available. So I'm basic- so pumped for that. So I knew when it was going to be an island. Okay. I'm not a huge Animal Crossing like nerd, but like when they were talking about Horizons coming out and saw that it was a deserted island, I was like, oh, you're going to be able to swim at some point. Like, I knew it was coming. Yeah. It was going to be an update. So now that we can swim and dive, basically you'll have new creatures, sea creatures, and things like that. Um, you're also going to be getting a new character interact, a new character interaction with Pascal. Yeah. Which he is, I want to say an otter. Yeah, I think so. He's cute. He lives in the water. Super, super cute. I want to say he's an otter. I'm not 100% sure. I just saw like a picture of him in the water. And then we'll have new Gulliver Quest, which he's now a pirate. So apparently he's a pirate. So it's going to be like, I think, mermaid and Oh, it is. And I am ready. That one little like two second clip of that villager sitting in a mermaid room. I was like. Yo, that's going to be me because Sarah Beth has visited my island, but my bedroom is already mermaid. (laughs) So I need to go to your island and just like inventory things at some point. Like I want your mermaid bed and things like that. I'll just make you a mermaid bed. Yes. I got plenty of giant clams in my inventory. (laughs) But the new update is coming out July 3rd with another summer update coming in August. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what else is coming July 3rd? Hamilton. Hamilton. So excited. I have some Pokemon news for you guys, but I'm pretty sure none of you care. Oh, tell us. So apparently when the new expansion pass came out for Pokemon Sword and Shield, they had a quest that you have to like do this raid battle. And if a million people beat this raid battle, we got a shiny legendary pokemon i don't even know what it's called anyways we beat it <laughs> i mean i didn't but like we got over a million uh-uh. and basically if you go into pokemon home 
and you have to like do some certain stipulations and things like that. Um, basically, you got this free shiny Pokemon, which is apparently really hard to get. So I got it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this episode. Let's get it. <laughs> like we haven't been talking for like 20 minutes already. Um, yeah, this is we're, we're diving in. Mm-hmm. This is Harry Potter. We sure did. We read the first four chapters of the Sorcerer's Stone this week. So that's what we're going to be talking and recapping. So if you want to join us in this book club, let's this get to reading. To yeah. <laughs> but, let, but let's be real. Sarah read all four chapters today. Uh-uh. <laughs> you want to know something? <laughs> Katie read all four chapters yesterday when I thought we were recording yesterday. So... Um, yeah, so basically throughout the book club series we have here, um, we'll recap the chapter and then we have some discussion questions that I found on the internet because I don't do this. I don't make discussion questions. <laughs> That's not my um, strength. Allocation.com, which is O-W-L and then like Cation. So like vacation, vacation. with Owl. And then Scholastic is basically where I found these discussion questions. So if anyone is a teacher and wants to do Harry Potter when schools are back open at some point, um, these are really good discussion questions. Let's just recap chapter one very quickly. So in this chapter, we saw mainly most of this chapter was just J.K. Rowling introducing us to the Dursleys, their personality, their values, the way they interact with each other and the outside world. Um, We do get a glimpse of magic literally right off of the bat. This is also the introduction to the tragic death of Harry's parents without giving away too much information right off the bat. Uh, But unfortunately, most of chapter one is not in the films. So that segues into what I wish I would have seen from chapter one in the films, and I wrote, I wish that we saw more Dursleys of the Dursley relationship. I feel like we got a very glossed over overview of Harry Potter's relationship with the Dursleys. I'm mainly speaking to the Dursleys are very one-dimensional characters in my mind in the film, and they're very much three-dimensional in the book. And I, I reference back to this deleted scene, I know this is skipping way ahead, but this deleted scene that you see in the extended version of the Deathly Hallows, where Mrs. Dursley gets very emotional and talks to Harry about how she felt about losing Lily. And I feel like that was the first time you actually see like a glimpse of like humanness in the Dursleys because they've only ever been just like comedic relief or like a, a pro- an antagonist for Harry. Does that make sense? It does make sense because they were the first protagonist for Harry. Yeah. Because at this point, we don't know about Voldemort. Right, right. So you think of them and you're like, oh, these are the bad guys, you know? So I wish we would have, I wish they would have been more three-dimensional in the films. And I feel like you get that in this chapter. Um, You do, you do. I Also wished that we would see more London just in any of the films. I loved that we started out with Mr. Dursley driving through London and he saw, he took notice of people in strange clothes talking about strange things. You know, like that first glimpse of magic, I feel like is so not present in any of the films. I'm so interested in... the relationship between the muggle world and the magical world. Yeah, I think we don't actually see that until Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. I honestly don't like the Dursleys and, like, kind of don't care about them um, (laughs) at all. I never... They're the characters. They've been a protagonist the entire series for me, at least. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they treat Harry as bad as they do. And you see it in the film, in the book, and everything. And there's no there's no wrap-up to that. They yeah. just seem like very terrible people. Yeah. Um, so honestly, like, I wasn't too upset that that missed, that got missed in the movie. Probably the one thing that 
was a little frustrating is when Albus Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall is walking up to Surrey and no, basically Albus Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall is walking up to the Dursley's house and they're having a conversation, which I feel mm-hmm. like should have made it into the movie because it yeah. makes it a lot it makes a lot more sense. Also gives us a lot of information instead of, oh, hey, we're going to drop this kid off at these people's house and then just like, poof, 10 right. years later. Like, that was a lot of information that was missed. And if, yeah. if you saw the movies first before you read the book, that part gets a little confusing. And especially until because like we're moving on to chapter two. Like, it doesn't, it, there's no timeline there. It makes no sense. Like, he starts right. as a baby, and then all of a sudden, he wakes up, and he's an 11, 10-year-old boy. Right. Like, there's no, you're missing that part. And there was a very good conversation between McGonagall, Dumbledore, and Hagrid before mm-hmm. they left Harry. Right. That's the one thing that I wish would have made it. So, we're going into the scholastic questions now I don't want you to think that I'm asking Sarah Beth this just on the top of my head because I'm not (laughs) all right so first question is why does Dumbledore decide to have Harry grow up with the Dursleys rather than with one of the wizarding families how does Harry's experiences with his relatives build his character so your thoughts so to go with the why Dumbledore decided to let Harry grow up I don't know that's that's a question that I struggle with as well, trying to figure like what is his motive for that? I mean, things are about to get crazy in the wizarding world with like Sirius Black and then the rebirth of Voldemort 14 years later. I think obviously Dumbledore knew about the prophecy, which we learn about later in the series, and wanted to protect Harry and maybe even keep him away from the wizarding world until he could learn magic to protect himself. Mm-hmm. Either that or completely get Harry out of the wizarding world, which why don't know that part and then I feel like one of the things that Harry learns from the Dursleys is to look after himself because and you can see it in in like the future books as well especially in book seven he basically Mm -hmm. tries to do everything on his own we see it a little bit later in chapter in the book one we see it in book three we see it it's it's like a recurring theme that Harry has to do all of this by himself like oh I'm gonna go do this I'm gonna go do this but I mean, let's be real, though. He would have died in book one if it wasn't for Hermione. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that's something that they wanted as a character development, that he always feels like he has to do this on his own because he was basically in the Dursley's house taking care of himself and having to fend for himself for so long. In the book, Dumbledore, when McGonagall asks him, you know, why are we leaving him with these people? They seem like they suck. He says he knows that Harry is going to basically be in the wizarding public eye and he doesn't want him to grow up in an environment like that. And that's why he leaves him in Surrey. So part of me feels like that is a cop-out answer. I feel like, I feel like you're right. Like he knew it would be difficult to place him, especially with everything that is about to go down with Sirius being put into Azkaban. And quite honestly, I mean, I feel like Sirius is the only obvious, like, who we would leave him with in the wizarding world. But I think, I think you're completely right. I think he probably did want to keep him away from the wizarding world until he would act impulsively still, but have a little bit more knowledge to protect himself. I think I 100% agree with you on that. I also, to answer like what I think Harry learned from the Dursleys, I agree with you. I think the biggest lesson that the Dursleys taught Harry was independence. And I think we see that as we move through the series because Harry isn't afraid to go after what he wants for the most part. Yes, he would have died many times without Hermione, but he was never one that was apprehensive of like, oh, I I have to do this, but I don't think I should. Or, you know, he was very much like, okay, this is, you know, this is what I got to do and I got to go do it, you know? So the next question, well, the last, we had two questions for chapter one. So the second one is, how is it possible that even at the age of 11, Harry Potter had never been anywhere but school, his cupboard, or Mrs. Fig's cabbage smelling living room? I have questions about that. Did they leave him alone as a small child? 
Like, or did they just drop him off at Mrs. Fig's house? Like, even when Petunia was going to the grocery store. Like, what did they do with Harry when he was like a toddler? I feel like that's an over-exaggeration a little bit as far as like writing goes. I don't think that he was completely, like he didn't go places. But I think like, like he was never taken, like if they went out to eat for dinner for like Dudley or this Mm -hmm. and that, like, yes, he wasn't a part of it. But I don't think that was the three places that Harry's had ever been. Does that make sense? Yes, I see both sides because that originally was like my first reaction too. But there's another part of me that's like, if this is true, it honestly doesn't shock me at all because I can totally see the Dursleys literally not bringing him anywhere. Like he gets dropped off at the sitter just for her to go to the grocery store. Because, I mean, I mean, they I wouldn't hate be surprised him so either. much, and he's such a, right, like, he's such a pain that they're like, we don't care about you, you know? No, and I think, honestly, like, that's the exaggeration of the writing, mm-hmm. because it's coming from Harry's perspective, right. and he's like, oh, I've only ever been to this place, this he's place, kid, this yeah. place, but, like, come on, bro, <laughs> you've been to other places. <laughs> you've probably been to other places. All right, Just- so... Let's move on in to chapter two. Yes. So chapter two is the vanishing glass. Um, And so basically in chapter one, we get the brief introduction and leaving Harry with the Dursleys. And that's basically the beginning of the movie one. It starts with a trip to the zoo for Dudley's birthday. And basically they're all 10 year olds now. um, 10 Mm -hmm. going on 11. This also introduced us to parcel tongue, which I never clicked when I was watching the movie and reading the book until I was, I reread it again. Consciously, like, yeah. Like, knowing what it is, um, which we learn more about in book two in the Chamber of Secrets. So, one thing I must point out is the stair scene that happens in the movie does not happen in the books. Mm -hmm. Dudley does not go up and down the stairs. Right, the part she's talking about is when he jumps on the stairs and it like makes the dust fall yeah and he's that's what she's talking about yeah and he's like we're going to the zoo or whatever like that doesn't happen because dudley is super upset that harry has to tag along with his friend who also is not mentioned in the movie Mm -hmm. um to the zoo so harry was supposed to stay with the sitter but then she broke her leg so then he couldn't watch she couldn't watch him um and I mean, after that, pretty much everything that takes place in the movie matches with the book. So that they got right. Um, I do. One of the things that I wish that they would have left in the movie, which is is very terrible. Um, they left out a part that the snake, after he talks to Harry, after he's like left out of the glass and, and all those things. The snake actually, like, goes to bite Dudley and his friend and, like, nips at their ankles. Yeah. And, like, it goes on to where Dudley was saying, I was attacked by, like, this boa constrictor and things. I Honestly, that should have been in the movie. Yeah. Like, it should have been. It shouldn't have been him falling into the snake enclosure and then the glass reappearing. Like, I think it would have... It was a little unrealistic almost. Yeah. I mean, he made glass go away. That's as unrealistic as you can get. But, like, I feel like that scene would have played out a little bit differently. The one note that I had about this was I wish we saw more of Harry's underlying magic. um, Because we get get him rethinking about, like, oh, weird things do kind of happen to me. This one time Dudley was chasing me at school and I ended up on the roof and, like, We don't see any of that. Like, all of a sudden, we see this kid being dropped off at a door. He lives under the stairs with a really mean family. And then the next thing we know, he can talk to a snake and the glass disappears. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, there's no, like, setup that Harry actually knows he can do magic. Right. Why did Harry's magic manifest when he was scared or angry? Is there, if there were like other occurrences that you talked about, how did he not notice the coincidence before? So I think that because he had so much raw and natural talent for magic, that it probably manifested itself that way because it was stifled. Kind of almost like we see in Fantastic Beasts with Obscurials, which if you haven't read or seen those, an obscurial basically is just a magical child who 
is suppressing their magical ability so much that it kind of manifests itself in like this black ball of rage almost um Mm -hmm. that can kill the child so part of me kind of thinks that like if like let's think about it if harry wouldn't have gotten his letter wouldn't have found out about his parents the dursleys had their way could harry have turned into an obscurial he's technically a horcrux so can a horcrux be an obscurial fair point if that were not a thing (laughs) that whole storyline wasn't a thing so i okay so i had an answer but i'm gonna change it because i just said that so i think when harry is anger angry or scared which i know you still have to answer the second question i think he loses control but i honestly don't think it's him and i think it's Mm. the horcrux i think it's the horcrux side of him the side of him yes i don't think it's actually harry losing oh. control but you see what i'm saying because every part of the magical coincidences that we see that harry like doesn't have control over are it negative is negative <gasps> you just blew my mind up boom mic drop <laughs> <laughs> you literally just blew my mind okay you can answer the second part of the question okay um if there were any other occurrences how had he never noticed the coincidence before? Um, I think I think that as a child, it was easier to write off like weird occurrences. I mean, you can credit it. You can kind of write it off as like, oh, I imagined that or I overdramatized that or I'm just like perceiving things wrong. You know, I feel like as an adult, you kind of look at it more logically. Like if that happened to you as an adult, you would be like, uh, excuse me, what? But because he was a kid, I feel like it was a lot easier for him to kind of, like, write those things off. Like, how he said about how he got on the roof. He was like, oh, I think the wind, like, a really big gust of wind just, like, took me. You know? Like, I think in the childlike mind, he was easier to justify things like that. And see, so I went a little different because (laughs) apparently I'm just blowing your mind tonight. Um, I definitely think there were other occurrences and like he was very conscious of those occurrences, like the, with the roof, remembering like the green light from mm-hmm. the night that his parents died. Gonna blow your mind a little bit. I think so we it. know so we know in the later books, we already know that Voldemort and Harry can read each other's minds. Yes. On a, a simpler terms. I honestly think that the, when he's recalling the green light and all of that, that's there. You you know you where think, I'm going without. Do you think it's Voldemort's memory? Like, do you think he's seeing yeah. Voldemort's memory? Yes, and that's why that. that's why he can't explain it. I mean, also he was one, so I mean, there's that right. Theory as well. I don't remember anything from one, so but. But that's the thing. He was one. So how does he remember the green light? Mm-hmm. How does he remember being on a motorcycle? Yo. Because it's not his memories. It's Voldemort's memories. Or like him knowing things like him seeing Hagrid. Voldemort doesn't die at that night. Right. Spoiler alert. It's just so, maimed or seriously injured. Yeah. You get it? So. Dobby. You just. <laughs> Um, she hates me. <laughs> I, I think honestly, like because he kind of remembers these, but not really. He's like he knows that something unnatural has happened, and he's just kind of like, like that was kind of weird. But like I can't explain it, so I'm just gonna. It was a strong gust to win mm-hmm. because like no one wants to believe they're a wizard, or no one even thinks of that. <laughs> I mean, if I'm something magically flies across the room, I'm not like, oh. I must be a wizard. You're like, obviously, like, <laughs> I'm a magical being. Follow-up question to Harry not have been to having gone to other places as stated before. Okay. How did you think that affected his emotions about going to the zoo on Dudley's birthday? I definitely think that his emotions were heightened, you know, in excitement and probably just like curiosity, basically any any flood of emotion that would go when you're going to a new place, especially if you haven't been to many places. Um, and I think we see that when he's driving to the zoo with the Dursleys and a motorcycle p- 
passes them. And he tells Mr. Dursley about his motorcycle dream. I feel like that's very uncharacteristic of him because he should have known that something like that would have set Mr. Dursley off. And Mm -hmm. when does he ever make like normal like conversation? Like, I feel like that would be something I would tell you, but we're like best friends. We don't have the like frayed relationship that Harry and Mr. Dursley does, you know? Right. Apparently, I had no thoughts on this. Apparently, because you didn't write an answer. (laughs) Yeah, no thoughts on this. No, I agree. I think his emotions were heightened, like you said. But also, like, if you you are going to a place where, like, genuine joy is had at the zoo, and you're with people who constantly make you feel like a POS, like you're not going to you're not going to be in the right emotional frame of mind so i think that's why a lot what the, the events that followed after are from that because it was anger because mm-hmm. they were literally talking about how harry is the worst and dudley's like crying throwing a fit because harry now has to come and they're just like oh well what do we do with the boy mm-hmm. like if you're constantly having people talk to you like that yeah And then just, like, it's easy. Something very easily can, like, just set you off on, like, a flip of the switch. And then that's when we start seeing that uh, bad magic from Voldemort that I talked about earlier come into play. So what might that limited social interaction and experience do to a person long term? I mean, obviously, that's going to stunt somebody's ability to interact with people in a normal setting, just in general. Uh, taking out the equation of like the magical world we see it all the time with kids who grow up in a more sheltered family or like are homeschooled you know and maybe don't get like as many like peers their age interaction however I don't think we see that in Harry when he goes to school and I almost kind of wish that we did because I definitely would have It would have been an interesting character trait to see play out, especially in this magical world, because when he gets to school, I mean, he's like buddy, buddy with Ron already and telling Draco, you know, like being snarky with Draco. Like, I feel like a child who grew up in the environment that they did would have had more stunted people to people interaction skills than what we see him having at Hogwarts his first year. Yeah, so in the books, I agree. But in the movies, it shows it a little bit because Harry's awkward AF. Yeah. He's awkward. Okay, granted, I feel like a lot of that was Daniel Radcliffe at the... Mm-hmm. At Precious e- Angel. I feel like a lot of that was Daniel Radcliffe's, like, personality that came out into Harry, but I feel like in the movies you saw it. It's like a mixture of both because you have Harry who's very awkward, but then you have Harry who's like telling Draco to get lost. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of, it's like they wanted both ends of it. They wanted to show you that like, oh, I'm shy, timid. I don't have any friends. But like at the same time, like throughout the books, Harry is very confident There was no character growth in the movies, Mm -hmm. but there definitely was character. It would have been nice to see it throughout the books instead of him just instantly turning confident because that doesn't happen. Katie, did you ever expect to start a podcast? (laughs) Absolutely no way. I mean, when we started, we barely knew how to do anything. I know, right? Thank God we found Anchor. Oh, 100%. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. So first of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that actually allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Yeah, Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, All right, so let's move into chapter three. This is the letters from no one. So just recap this chapter briefly. Harry is punished for the zoo incident. He's confined to his cupboard until summer. Um, Harry is excited about starting a new school away from Dudley, which 
LOL. <laughs> He's in for a surprise <laughs> later. For a huge <laughs> surprise. Um, after receiving the mail, Harry notices a strange letter that is addressed to him, and he thinks to himself, what the heck? And Uncle Vernon even says, who would be writing to you? And then the chaos basically just erupts. The Dursleys refuse to let Harry read the acceptance letters and flees from the home in a tiny shack in the middle of nowhere, which is kind of a soapbox for me. The movie skips over the whole hotel section where Harry receives a letter at the breakfast table addressed to him and in his hotel room. And the movie also leaves out the room transfer from the cupboard to Dudley's second room. So they do mention that briefly in like a passing sentence in the second film. Like, I think Uncle Vernon was like, oh, we were even nice enough to give you Dudley's second bedroom. But that actually happens in the third chapter of the first book. (laughs) Yeah, he moves from the cupboard very quickly. So let's discuss your chapter, your thoughts on this chapter. Yeah, I didn't really find any questions, uh, discussion questions about this chapter because one, it's just kind of an informational mm-hmm. flow by piece. I honestly think that this chapter should have gotten more credit in the films. It honestly was magical and going to the Warner Brothers studios in mm-hmm. London and seeing the like the room which they filmed in. And just all of that, like, it's honestly truly magical and how they pulled it off with all the letters in the room and everything. So the extended version of the movie is a little bit better. We do see a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But honestly, in the extended version, Petunia cracking open eggs with the letters is not what I wanted to see. Yeah. I same. wanted to see I wanted to see them go to the hotel, them interact with people, and then magically he has a letter addressed to him that has like his hotel room and things like that. Instead, they just immediately jump to the shack. You have two minutes of it, and then Haggard bar- barges in, which is like the next chapter. Can I say that this is like I said, this is my soapbox. And I feel like everything you just said goes back to my first point. If we would have seen the Dursleys as three-dimensional characters in the film, we wouldn't be missing any of this. Yeah. As someone who watched the film before she read the books, I was confused as hell the first time I was watching this movie. Yeah, I I I can see that. I was like, okay, so he's getting the letter. Like, I get that. I knew what Harry Potter was before I watched this film. Why does this really bland family from England have access to this random rock island in the middle of a body of water with a shack on it. Right? (laughs) Like, where are we? What is They miss out, you miss out that whole piece of information. So I read the books before I watched the movies. So I understood that they did not own that shack in the middle of nowhere. No idea. But the the movie makes you think that, oh, the Dursleys just have a shack on like a mountain that's like, (laughs) In the middle of water. Like, the what? first time I read the books, I was like, well, this makes a lot of freaking sense. <laughs> first of all, I just need a montage of everything. And you can do montages fairly quickly. So you can't even make the argument to me that you had a time frame that the film had to be. Because a montage can be Put quick. that on the extended version. Put that on the bonus track. Thank like, you. you. Because I it. bought the extended versions. I want, I want like a five hour long movie, please. Don't skip, don't skip on nothing. You can't yeah. tell me that you had to cut out the whole them driving to somewhere and Uncle Vernon doesn't know where the heck he's taking them to finding this random motel to them finding a random man who owns the shack and then they get in the shack. Like, those are four very important story very important pieces that I had no idea about until I read the books. So, speaking of the shack, and we're talking about moving on and we meet Hagrid, so let's move on to chapter four, which is the Keeper of the Keys, which you know is Hagrid. Hag- Hagrid. Hagrid! <laughs> Hagrid. It's Hagrid. I was going to say... Keeper of Keys and Grounds at Hogwarts, and it just... Oh, it just all blurred together. It all blurred together. I have 16 notes about this chapter, but it's more of just compare and contrast. Okay, so chapter four takes place inside the shack, 
um, where we've ended chapter three with Harry wishing himself happy birthday right before Hagrid breaks down the door. Hagrid then greets Harry after mistaking Dudley for Harry first. And then Harry is basically able to finally read his acceptance letter. And for one thing I will never understand, you have protests from the Dursleys about him not being allowed to go. Hagrid then tells Harry about his parents' death and takes Harry from the shack to London to visit Diagon Alley in the next chapters. I don't understand why they didn't have the full conversation about Harry's parents and Voldemort in the same in the same at the same time i don't understand why it was broken into two different things in the film it it takes place in the shack in the book like the whole conversation of hagrid telling harry he's a wizard about his parents and him yelling at the dursleys for not telling him about hogwarts and all this other stuff this all takes place in this chapter and also we kind of just like they're in the shack, and then all of a sudden they're in Diagon Alley. Mm-hmm. But you don't see until the extended version of the movie that ha- the Harry <laughs> Harry leaves with Hagrid. They ride the tube, That's which is the train. one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> a uh, big Hagrid in the tube. It's one of the best. <laughs> but, like, we don't see that yeah. in the regular film that was the theater release because I, I don't know. So just, it, poof, like... But then also, one of the things that I have questions about, did they were just like, all right, bye, Harry. Like, have fun. Like, what what took place there? So there was the book and the movie missing information there. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you wish about this chapter that you made, wanted to make it into the film? So my notes was that for a this sentence? chapter. <laughs> I, I, I knew what you were meaning, girl. Okay. <laughs> I got you. So my notes for this chapter was I actually liked how Hagrid knew Harry in the book. In the film, like you said, he mistakes Dudley for Harry, which never made any sense to me even before I read the books because every single stinking thing that you hear about Harry after that point is you look so much like your dad and you have your mom's eyes. So how does Hagrid, a character who is supposed to know Harry Potter inside out, Harry Potter who is infamous in the wizarding world, they both that everyone knows what James and Lily looks like. How does Hagrid look at Dudley and think that's Harry Potter? So I think to go off of that, I think right, I agree. Why does Hagrid not recognize Like I thought that was so stupid. I think it's for comedic relief a little bit and also like to show that you know Hagrid's a goofy dude but also I think a lot of it had to do with he in the mindset of at least in the movie was he thought that the Dursleys were taking care of Harry mm-hmm. as their yeah. own son so he gets a little confused with Dudley but then once again why are they in the shack in the middle of nowhere yeah so that I think honestly he was, <laughs> right and then he sees Harry and he's like, oh, I should have known. Yeah. I also like how we find out about Hagrid's story this early on. Because in the film, you don't see that. He just looks at Harry and says, uh, hey, don't tell anybody that I did magic. I'm not supposed to. And Harry just is like, oh, okay. In the book, he's like, why? You know, and then we kind of get a little taste of like Hagrid being like, oh, I was kind of expelled. I said, overall, these first four chapters were very rushed in the film, and it's kind of a shame. Agreed. I know we, you kind of mentioned it just a little bit. So why wasn't Hagrid or students like Harry allowed to do magic outside of Hogwarts? So I think, I mean, for Hagrid, I feel like that's easy. It's because of his expulsion. But also for, like, you know, students doing magic outside of Hogwarts, I think that they didn't want to take the risk of children doing unsupervised magic and basically like messing things up or messing something up or you know because we see like and also I think that this could be explained a little bit better because I feel like it's mostly just certain spells because later on in the books and the movies we see Harry doing like Lumos and we never hear a peep from the Ministry of Magic about doing that you know I don't think it's a stupid rule I don't either (laughs) and I agree. I feel like it's certain spells as well. 
But yeah, like you said, Hagrid is due to his expulsion, which we find out a lot more about later in the series. But honestly, students aren't allowed to do magic outside of Hogwarts because they're still learning to do magic. Right. So one Miss Bell. (laughs) Oh, 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 Sarah's a master. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how I wanted to spell that so bad earlier today. Um, basically, like, if you have one missed spell, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, there could be dangerous consequences because a lot of, I mean, there is a killing curse. There is, like, the Crucio curse that basically... Tortures people. <laughs> yeah, like, that's <laughs> you the know, thing. it's casual. Like, you know, just casual. You go from, like, Lumos, which is just basically, Pre-teens like... teens just torturing each other by accident. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. a lot of people who would actually use those spells... Because they're curious, because they're learning. Yeah. But I do, I from my understanding, I thought it was all magic. And I did think that was weird mm-hmm. that they showed in the movies that he did Lumos and there was no peep. Yes. But it's, it's, it's think, told to us like it's all magic. But quite honestly, I feel like if we dove deeper into it, it's just certain things. Because even Fudge makes a comment in Prisoner of Azkaban, where he's like, do you think we honestly send people to Azkaban for blowing up their ants? Like, that sentence almost gives me a little bit of hint that, like, there are only certain spells that can't be done, that have serious consequences. Right, you know? and I don't... I mean, how I else are they supposed to practice? How did Hermione get so good without even going to Hogwarts yet? You know? Yeah, I agree, because that doesn't make any sense, because she is, you know... I know I don't want to say mud blood because it's like really bad, but like you know, but at the, the same time, yeah, like that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, she lives in the normal world. Like, how is she practicing magic? But then you have like the Weasleys, who the magic is just happening all around. So right, I, I feel like it. You're right. It's only for certain spells. So why do you think that the Dursleys were so steadfast in Harry not attending Hogwarts if they despised him so much? So I think the Dursleys are a classic example of someone thinking if I don't acknowledge something, then it basically like will go away or doesn't exist. And I think that they wanted to put a stop. I mean, they said it several times that they wanted to put a stop to like this magic, like, quote unquote, nonsense, basically. I also think that they just liked having Harry around to do the home tasks that none of them wanted to do. Like, they might have despised him, but they loved having, like, a servant, basically. I will appreciate that as well. I never really honestly understood this because if you, like, hate him so much, like, let him go. Right. Like, get rid of him. Right. I think, honestly, they liked him not – I don't think they ever saw Harry as family. They saw him as somewhat of a slave. Mm-hmm. And they, like, honestly, like, hated the wizarding world. Now, there do there is canon that Dudley may have seemed to appreciate the wizarding world and everything that Harry does for him in the later in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is much older. Like, this is Cursed Child canon right. era. I think a lot of it has to do with Petunia lost her sister due to magic, and it leaves her for a distaste for it. But And I think that's why she hates the world the wizarding world so much and just magic in general, but I don't think it has anything to do with her wanting to protect Harry from it. No, absolutely not. I think, I think the hate, I think she's the one that brought the hate into this relationship of the wizarding world. And I think one, you're right. It's because she lost her sister. And two, I mean, it's clear that she is very jealous that Lily got the magical yes. abilities and she did not um, right because she says it in the i believe in the book and in the movie she's like i saw her for what she was a freak right it was because she was missing out on something right so that was our episode for today um next week we will be covering chapters five through ten so five chapters you can send us an email which is linked in the show notes or a dm on instagram um i promise i'll respond <laughs> Or Katie will respond. Somebody will respond. Um, on your thoughts on the episode, we just kind of want to see if you guys like this, if you don't like it, do you want us to keep going type of things. Um, also, send in your questions and comments mm-hmm. for chapters 5 through 10. I know that's a lot. I know not everybody reads like me and Katie and can read five chapters in a day. 
But if you don't make it through the whole chapters, just the chapters that you've read, just send us comments or questions or our thoughts on like certain things that happen in the book. Yeah, we would love yeah. to hear what you thought, what you wish would have made it into the films. You know, we don't want this to be just you guys listening to us dissect Harry Potter again. Yeah. <laughs> over and over. But um, yeah, we kind of want to treat this like a real book club and we want to hear your guys' opinions and thoughts and questions and comments too. So yeah, so while you're sending us an email or sending us a DM, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all the socials. Also, go rate and review us. We're rate still at a five star, us, but no one has reviewed us. So we'd please. like to see some reviews. Get on that. Just kidding. We love you guys. Yeah, we love you a lot. Well, that was it for today. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We drop new episodes every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Everything will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.